0: Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM Podcast. We appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to FaithNFM.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Well, Merry Christmas!
1: Hey, can you believe one week from today it is the big day uh you still have a whole week to get some gifts together make sure you have everything in order make sure you got the right stocking stuffers all of that man one week away want to also invite you out four and six and 10 a.m for our christmas eve services it's going to be a good time going to be a, a fun time uh, i titled this morning's message he brought us back he brought us back if you know it or not Uh, Jesus has given us an opportunity to be made right with God, to be brought back. Uh, You know, it was the original concept, the original idea that you and I were going to live in a relationship with God always, Uh, and then we let the lady pick the place to eat and sin enter the world, you know, Adam and Eve. There we go. We'll catch up, Bible scholars. Uh, But hey, join me, 2 Corinthians here we go, chapter 5, verse 18. You can follow along. and I need your help a little bit today as well. Uh, when we see, um, looking at our text, verse 18, 2 Corinthians. And all of this is a gift from God. Everybody say, all of this. Come on, say it like we slept in an hour. Come on, like all of this. All of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling, everybody say reconciling, Reconciling. people to him. So I want to highlight that we're going to be talking about today, reconciliation, Last week, we talked about celebration. This week, we're talking about how Christmas is a season of reconciliation. We simply put this definition of reconciliation like this. It's the restoration of peace, that God's reconciled us through Jesus. God's brought peace into the world through his son, Jesus. He's restored peace. He's given us the opportunity to go from conflict to calmness, from tension to To harmony through his son Jesus. Verse 19, let's continue. For God was in Christ, incarnation. We talked about this last week. Reconciling, everybody say reconciling Reconciling. the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave him this wonderful message of reconciliation. Everybody say reconciliation. That's what we're gonna be looking at today as we look at our text, and this is our bottom line. Christmas is a season of reconciliation. Christmas is a time where we can restore peace. Christmas is a time where we have opportunity to address some things that have maybe taken place in our life that we now need to handle because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Therefore, we're encouraged to say, hey, what do I need to do to live in that peace? Have you ever had some tension in life? Ever had some moments of friction, moments of problems where things have gotten mixed up, messed up, little muddy? I have. Christmas has highlighted some areas in my life where things can be, uh, you know, kind of thin ice. Does anybody in here like really struggle at buying gifts for people? to be honest, do you struggle? Do I have any bad gift givers in here? Some of you are like, yeah, that's me. You're just not admitting it right now. Now, I'm a terrible gift giver. My wife, on the other hand, phenomenal. I mean, she wraps the present, she puts the bow on it, she gives the gift, and everything about the gift is like some touching point in our heart, in my mind, and like, I'm like, oh my goodness, not only should you give me what I want, but it's wrapped in this just a beautiful, extravagant wrapping. And then I give the gift. It looks like the newspaper got met with duct tape, and this is like an hour work of wrapping this present. There's been moments, like, like, there's been times where I even had my gift professionally wrapped, and my wife was like, Blake, I know you didn't wrap that. It's been struggles. But there's been some tensions, particularly in our first, our first uh, year of marriage. Um, it was Christmas, learning everything about each other. We're, we're newlyweds, you know, the first year. Whew, it was a tough year for us, I'll be honest. Very transparent. We are definitely not, even though some people might think we have it all together, we do not have it all together. And our first year, just showed that. So I do what every bad gift giver does. You wait till the last moment, right? So it's like the day before Christmas, we call that Christmas Eve. I go to the best place where I know my wife will love something from. I went to Best Buy. I mean, they got everything, got electronics, gift cards, they got appliances. <laughs> <laughs> now here's, here's the truth. I'm the kind of guy, like it's gotta feel good. You know, like the inspiration. Like I, I, I do something, I feel inspired to do it. And the problem is if you always wait to be that feeling right, you never get things done. So I really have to always battle that. So I, I walk through the store, bad gift givers, you can relate with me right now, right? You're like, hey, I'm gonna walk through the store, there's no, there's no game plan, there's no point of attack, and you're gonna see what speaks to you. Dangerous. So I'm walking through Best Buy. I'm like, she doesn't want a new Xbox. Maybe I do. <laughs> she doesn't want any video games, no. She doesn't want like new flat screen TV. I mean, look, i got like 65, let's go 75 inch, you know, I'm processing all this. What would she really want? So I, I, I go through the appliance section, and I'm like, you know what, I'm walking through the aisle, I see this blender, yeah, I'm going to make her cooking really easy, she can just make it a smoothie, baby, like I love smoothies, so I buy the blender, you know, I, I wrap it the best I could, put it under the Christmas tree, the next day we swapped gifts, and and you know, she's like giving me things, and I'm like, this is awesome. Like my heart's melting. Like, oh, you know, like, oh my goodness, like she loves me. And it's my turn. Here you go. And my wife is such a sweet lady. She's smiling. She like starts, she's like, oh, it's heavy. You know, like everybody loves a heavy present. You're like, yeah. She opens it up and she's like, a blender. And you know, she's like <laughs> smiling. And then drops. I never knew until a couple weeks after the fact why that week of Christmas to New Year was so hostile in my home. (laughs) She finally opens up and says, Blake, do you really think I would want a blender blender for Christmas? And I said, I don't know, but it was hostile. It was a unique time in our marriage. Now I've learned. Things are a lot better. I've even already bought all her Christmas presents now. Like, whoo! If God can do it with me, he can do it with you. But see, the point is this. You know, a lot of times in our Christmas season, there can be some tension in life. There can be some hard points in life. You have to show up to a family's house, but you know there's that awkward relationship between you and one of your family members where there's tension, there's not harmony, there's not peace. Or maybe you grow up and you're, you come from a, a, a background where it's a, a blended family. And when you think of Christmas, you think of who do I have to divide my time up with today? All I feel like is I'm driving. You start in the morning at this house, and then in the middle of the day you're here, and then in the evening, and you're sitting back and you're like, is this really the way I envisioned my Christmas? Or maybe you're in this place and you're like, hey, like I'm expecting to receive a great gift from a friend and, and, and a loved one, and they don't meet that expectation. There's moments where we all face tension, where we all face a problem of conflict, where we have to move through things that we don't really know how we're going to move through it. In my family, we've experienced loss of loved ones around the Christmas holiday. We've experienced people who are sick and, and there's, there's pain because things couldn't be like they once were, and, and it's been a new adjustment. See, Christmas gives us this reminder that not only is there at points in life conflict, but there's also a time for reconciliation. A time that we can move from conflict to calmness. From tension to harmony. From being torn up inside to saying, hey God, I'm giving you everything. In Luke chapter 2, verse 14, we see who Jesus is, his glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So we have to understand that if we want true peace in my life, in your life, that if you want to be able to handle the highs of life, the lows of life, we have to know who the source of peace is so that we can sustain the peace in our life. A lot of times we miss that. We try to figure out the source in our own ways and our own methods. And it leads me to the peace problems that we have. You and I, we can't figure it out on our own. The peace problems really affect us because, one, we are naturally self-centered individuals. Naturally. We are people of the, the least resistant path where, hey, what do I get for Christmas? We're the, man, I hope uh, everything goes in my favor. That's contrary to the gospel. Jesus didn't come so that he could live a great life. He came to save the world, not condemn the world. He came for me, came for you to live in a radical relationship with him. The world kind of skews it a different way. In Proverbs 13, verse 10 says this, pride leads to conflict. This idea of being self-centered leads to conflict. Those Those who take advice are wise. Many times we're quick to say I'm pushing away advice. I want to do my own thing because I don't want to admit weakness and I want to admit and stay true to my path. But we also run into another peace problem and it's this. We expect others to meet our needs when only God is able we expect others to meet our needs and only God is able if you're married in this place. I don't know if you've done it with your spouse, but you put the expectations on them that to, to give you happiness, to give you comfort, to give you peace in life. And that's not a burden that the partner should ever carry. But we do that because we're self-centered people. We do that because we Chase false expectations. We put them on other people. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says this, Do not love this world nor the things of it or the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Continues on, And for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride... Here we see that word again. In our achievements and possessions. It's me focused, me focused, me focused. The world, the world, the world, me focused. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. So you might be wrestling with peace a little bit today if your focus is not in tuned with who God is in your life and how the Prince of Peace can resolve the inner turmoil, conflict, conflict. In our hearts, our souls, and our minds. So today I want to talk to you about how Christmas is a season of reconciliation. Now I want to give you three reasons to the why. The first one is this. Christmas is a season of reconciliation because it is when Jesus offers us peace with God. There's got to be a very clear understanding that we can't be made right with God with Jesus sitting on the sideline. Jesus has to be the Lord, leader, Savior of your life if you want to have this vertical relationship with the Heavenly Father. The prophet Isaiah, he puts it this way. He says this in verse 53. He says, all of us, like sheep, how many of us know, coming from a a farming background, sheep aren't the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. You know, sheep, if they get too heavy, can fall over and die. Talk about not very smart. Isaiah equates it, when we try to do our own thing, we're like sheep. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, him being Jesus, the sins of us all. Everything poured into Jesus. We call this the the great exchange, where Jesus atoned for our sins. See, I, I want us to capture this, because it's very vivid Is We are at war with God when we choose our own way. We are at war with God when we wanna do what we wanna do versus what he's ideal for our life is. A lot of us, we don't like to say, hey, I'm at war with God. We'd like to think, hey, I'm good with God, you know, like, me and him upstairs, we're all right. That's not really the case. We're like sheep when we choose our own path. We've got to be constantly asking ourselves, am I on the path God has orchestrated for me in my life? Am I doing what is pleasing to God? Am I pursuing his righteousness? Am I pursuing his ways? I love how the message kind of puts this, and this is a little insight to maybe if you're you're straying away a little bit to your own life and your own ways. The first one is this, it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied once, A brutal temple in impotence of love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled, uncontrollable, addictions ugly parodies of community i could go on this is paul basically expressing himself this isn't the first time i have warned you you know if you use your freedom this way you will not inherit god's kingdom so i love the vivid language that we see and receive in the message because it kind of speaks into us in a modern lingo that we might need to look at and evaluate in our lives See, our way puts us at war with God. His way, we see some different things produced in our life. In Galatians 5, 22, Paul continues on. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You want faithfulness in your life, God's way. You want to be good in your life, God's way. You want kindness in your life, God's way. You want joy in your life, God's way. You want peace in your life, God's way. There's some of us in this room who have come to church today or have been in and out of church and you're wondering why there's so much tension and calamity in your life. I would say, are you doing it God's way or are you doing it your own way? See, our way simply means war. You're at war. God's way restores peace. God's way restores peace. Jesus comes into the scene to make us right with God, to bring peace into our lives. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and what Prince of Peace. In my role as a pastor, there's been numerous times that I've talked with people, counseled with people, and it seems like no matter what scenario that I've maybe engaged with people, a lot, almost 90% of the conflict stem from what happened in the child growing years and the adolescent years. It's unique. No matter how bad it was in childhood, the people that I sit with want there to be a restoration with what happened back then. They could have come from abuse. They could have come from uh, neglect, a workaholic father or home that's just in turmoil, broken, beyond addiction. But no matter how rough it was for those individuals, they still want there to be some kind of peace. Peace some resolve in their childhood see in a very same manner no matter who you are no matter where you're at watching us there's still this unconscious level that we want peace with our divine creator our heavenly father only jesus can provide that philippians 4 6 and 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. I love that. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Turn of the year, we're going to be doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Prep your heart now. Tell God what you need. If it's peace, tell God what you need. God, I need you to restore the peace in my life. And in verse 7, it says this, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Christmas is a season of reconciliation because we finally can have peace with God. Because Jesus showed up in a manger. We also see that not only is it a a season of reconciliation because we have peace with God, but we also have the peace of God. See, we have to make peace with God in order to have the peace of God. I want to say that again. Make peace with God to have the peace of God. You ever see those people that just seem cool, calm, and collected no matter what scenario they're in? I admire those people. I'm always like, man... How do you just say so level-headed? Pastor Goss, I'm like, man, I love the guy, but he is as cool as the other side of the pillow. Like, man, he is just like, I'm like, man, that's because the peace of God radiates in who he is. The peace of God, when the hurricane blows through, says, you know what, God, like I I spoke with some of you throughout this season, says hurricane Ian hit, you know, what is the most inspiring thing is when people are like, hey, hurricane hit, lost my home. But hey, I'm here. God loves me. Life is good. I'm marching. That's the peace of God. Peace of God says, hey, you know what? Uh, my, my, My adult children, they're struggling with some things in life. They're addicted to some things in life. Their homes, their families are broken, but hey, you know what? Pastor Blake, I'm still praying over them. I'm still trusting God for them. That's the peace of God in life. Peace of God is when you can be in the lowest of the low, but you're saying, hey, God, you got it all under control. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you might be struggling to find peace, peace with God. I want to give you a little resolve, a little answer to that. It says this, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord is the eternal rock. You don't fix your eyes On the problem. You don't fix your eyes on the spouse. You don't fix your eyes on mom or dad. You don't fix your eyes anywhere horizontal. You fix your eyes where? Up. You fix your eyes what? Oh, what's God's Word say? I want the peace. I want peace in my life. What's it saying here? What's it saying? How should I live in relationship? Let me know I'm really struggling. They don't like me. They don't love me. Things are a little messed up and mixed up. How do I get that? Okay, am I living my life relationally with the one I love according to God's will? Man, I'm struggling with finances. Like, I'm always stressed out. Business is struggling. How do you get the peace when it comes to your finances? Oh, man, am I, am I doing what God's, God's word told me to do? Am I living a generous lifestyle? Am I tithing? Am I uh, offering? Am I picking up meals for people? Am I, am, I, am, I, am I giving to the needy? Am I helping in local community outreaches? Am I doing what God's telling me to do? You want peace in your life? You want the peace of God in your life? What we have to do and institute and implore in our life is fixing our eyes, fixing our thoughts on God. I Googled, because that's where, you know, everybody researches really good stuff on Google. The greatest concerns people have, inflation, the economic gap, climate change. Let me ask you this. With those being the, the leading worries people have, can you go home after church and fix those issues? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a, a hybrid. I'm going to go buy a Tesla. Like, buy me one too. I would love one. But we can't fix them. Like a lot of times people are worried because they're fixing on the problems versus fixing their thoughts on God. You want peace in your life. You want this season of reconciliation, Christmas. Where are your thoughts? Psalms 29, 11 says this, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. You can almost tell someone who follows the Lord and someone who doesn't by how chill and relaxed and calm they are in stressful situations. Now, I'm not talking personality type, but I'm talking like, hey, you know what? God's got it. Dr. Ridley in 1555 was going to be burned at the stake for sharing about Jesus. So as he's laying there the night before his execution, he's laying there in prison cells, his brother comes and almost kind of talking to him, like, hey, man, just recant. Just, you know, like, take some steps back. And, and, you know, Ridley said, nope, I'm not going to recant, I believe. And and he's preaching and he's teaching about Jesus. So he's going to ready the next day be burned at the stake. And then his brother's finally like, all right, well, let me stay with you. And Dr. Ridley's response was so moving that I'm like, man, I want that kind of peace. He knew that he was going to die the very next day. And he does. And when his brother is saying, hey, let me stay with you. Let's reminisce all the old memories. Let's talk about what's happened in life. Let's just have one final night together as a family, as brothers. Ridley goes, nah, man, you can go home because I expect to sleep like a baby tonight because God's going to bless me. I know where I'm going to be tomorrow. And life is good. Can you imagine having that kind of cool, calm, peace-filled life? People are struggling with inflation. Oh, man, God's got it. Man, how am I getting my mortgage rates? Oh, God's got it. I can't buy a house. Things are crazy. My kids aren't listening. Hey, God's going to lead you through it. Church is going to help you. He'll bring people in. My marriage. Peace can only come from God. He's the source. And he also gives us the ability to sustain and we also see Christmas is a time for reconciliation because Jesus shows us how to make peace with others. Jesus shows us how to make peace with others. A lot of us need that, right? A lot of us have some rough relationships. There's tension, there's pain, there's the past. You know, in Romans 12, eight, 18, Paul says this. Paul puts it this way. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. Jesus teaches according to peace like this. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, I want to touch on this real quick. Notice, Paul didn't say it, and neither did Jesus. Paul didn't say, blessed are those who live in peace. Paul didn't say, or Jesus didn't say, hey, strive to be that person who is just, yes, 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 I'm a peacemaker over here and and, and saying, like, I'll say yes here, I'll say yes here. As long as everybody's happy, I'm okay. That's not what a peacemaker is. See, a peacemaker is not someone that avoids conflict and is not someone that's passive. That's not what a peacemaker is. In fact, if you look at the gospel, we read later on in 2 Corinthians, it says, and all he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And in other words, when we're following God, there's going to be hostility in your life. People are going to persecute you a little bit. People are going to mock you a little bit. People are going to laugh at you a little bit. But there's a difference when we talk about this season of reconciliation between resolution or resolve and being reconciled. See, resolution says, I'm going to attack the problem. Let's fix the problem. But you know, some things in life, problems can't be fixed. If you have a health issue in your family, cancer, maybe it didn't get fixed. Loss of a loved one, the problem didn't get fixed. You lost the loved one. See Jesus in His time, in His moments, when He lived for 33 years. Show us how to reconcile with people. Show us how to get on with people. When the Pharisees are yelling at Him and 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 and, and saying all sorts of things, you know what Jesus does? He just cool, calm, collectively, and He just teaches Him. He says He just recites the Word to Him. He asks them questions. He challenges them, not in a mean and authoritative way. You know, when, when there's some stuff happening in the temple, Jesus goes in and, and he flips open the tables and he says, hey, this not, not in this house. My house is going to be known as a house of prayer. When it comes to showing others peace, There's moments where Jesus would heal somebody and and cast out demons, and the mob would be at him face-to-face, wanting to kill him, wanting to yell at him, spitting on him and cussing at him. And you know what he does? He just turns and he just walks through the crowd and he leaves. See here, being a peacemaker isn't meaning that we're just a passive group of people. Doesn't mean you're a doormat. I like putting it like this, it means sometimes you're a door. Doors have typically two purposes, to keep people in and also make sure to keep people out. And there's moments in life where you have to stay inside the house, where you have to say, hey, you know what, my language, my thoughts, my opinions aren't going to help the people outside. But then there's moments in life where you got to step through the door, you got to shut the door behind you, and you got to confront what is right in front of you. And this is the thing: when it comes to confrontation versus peacemaking, confrontation isn't somebody that you're, isn't something you're gifted with. Confrontation is something that's learned. Confrontation is something that you develop. And you do it in the right way, in the right manner. Someone wrongs you, you say, hey, please don't do that again. Someone hurts you, you say, you know what? That relationship, I might need to stay in the house and close the door because that's a hostile, abusive relationship. So I'm going to need to make peace in my life. I'm going to ask, and I'm going to say, God, I need to forgive them, but I'm not going to forget about what they've done. See, Jesus, time and time again, would show us how to live in peace with people. See, resolve says, let's focus on the problem. Reconciliation says, I care about the relationship. And Jesus hanging on the cross in this this imagery in this scene, beaten, bloody, scarred, marred, cussed at, spit on. He didn't try to resolve his physical wounds, the hurt and pain. He came to reconcile, saying, you know what? I love these people. Despite what they've done, I forgive them. See, Christmas is this season where we have opportunities to restore peace. In James chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Sometimes being a peacemaker means you have to confront some things. means you have to make sure that you're square with the man up there. Like, God, are you actively working in my life? Being a peacemaker is saying, you know what? No matter what's going on, I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to persevere because I know God's got this. And then it's expressed and it's exhibited by how well we live at peace with other people. If you have a lot of tension in your relationships, I would encourage you, study how Jesus was a peacemaker. How he moved amongst the crowds against the hostile people, the the mean people, the rude people, the people close to him. He was betrayed by one of his best friends and he still goes across for me for you and everyone around so my prayer for you is that you live in peace in this season that you look for opportunities to help people and and be a peacemaker but do it the way Jesus would do it and not be at war with God let let restored peace resonate in your heart. So I want to close with these two questions. The first one is this. Are you at peace with God? Is Jesus the Lord and leader of your life? This Christmas season is saying, hey, he's come to reconcile us, to make us right with him. Is Jesus the leader of your life? Have you said, Jesus, come into my life, change me. I believe in your sacrifice on the cross—have you done that? And the last question is: This is there's someone you need to reconcile with, where you need to become a peacemaker with. Is there someone you need to forgive and not harbor against? Is there someone you need to maybe go have a conversation with and stop ignoring? Is there someone that you need to say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to resolve this problem, but I'll reconcile it because I care about who they are and more so I care about my standing with God. Because Christmas is that season to look at these opportunities. So church, I'm going to ask every head to bow and eye to be closed and we're going to pray over these two specific questions. God, we turn to you right now. We call on your name. We know you lead us and guide us and you can restore all things and make them new as the Apostle Paul talks about how it's the new life that radically changes us. It's the new life that we have. It's the new life that you've given because you've reconciled peace into the world so we can be made right with you. Lord, I pray specifically for those in this place that aren't at peace with you who are are waging war against who are choosing their own path. Lord, I pray right now that they make a commitment and start following you right now through your son, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you bless them, that you anoint them, that you lead them, that you guide them, that they turn away from their old life and they start a new life, a new journey, a new faith right now with you. And Lord, for us, being the church, for many of us who are okay and and feel like we have a great relationship with you, Lord, we pray right now that you evaluate and help us to explore maybe some of the hurts and some of the unforgiveness that we have and some of the relationships that we need to reconcile. Lord, this season is all about you. Not only do we celebrate, but we reconcile because your goodness to each and every one of us. God, we give you today, we give you this season, and in your great and holy name, we all say, amen.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.